to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. You ought to look at somebody and say, I'm still here. (laughs) Amen. Amen. If it had not been for the grace of God moving and looking out for us and taking care of us, danger seen and unseen, (laughs) some unforeseen stuff came up and you was able to financially take care of it. He's a good God. Some medical bills, some God is taking care of you, some healings, some breakthrough in relation. He's a good God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I want you to read, um, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 9. Read verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to go to 20 to 23. Let's do that. You okay with that, sis? You good? Okay. Okay, I just threw her a curveball, so I want to make sure she's good. Let's give God a hand praise for our sister on the deal back there. Amen. One, two, three, read. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Today, I'd like to talk about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. Let's go before God. God, we thank you that um, prayer is a weapon that is not carnal, uh, and, but it is divinely powered for the destruction of fortresses. And so, God, train us to use what you've given us, Lord God, not just for ourselves, but for others. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. 
you know, it's, it's cookout season. How many of y'all like cookout season? Y'all like cookout season. You ever had somebody fix your plate and they, they give you a little itty bitty chicken wing, a little corner, a little teaspoon of potato salad and baked beans and then they put a bunch of salad on your plate. It's a cookout. We love salad, but it's a cookout. Um, <laughs> then they come over with their plate and a half. And I said, why you ain't make my plate like that? You understand what I'm saying? They, you know, you know, uh, um, you, 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 you know, when, when, you, when, when I want somebody to make my plate, I need somebody to make my plate like I like. If I ask you to go get this, get this for me, get all these things, put it on there, and put a nice, healthy ministry on it. I want the plate to almost be breaking apart when the, when the plate, I want a double plate where it don't, you know what I'm saying, right? But we treat intercessory prayer like we do making other people's plates. And many times in prayer, we, 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 we verbalize a little something for other people, but then have a robust buffet of communication for ourselves. And actually, um, as you look at scripture, much of scripture, when you look from Tanakh uh, to New Covenant, one of the things that you'll begin to see is most prayers were heavily, they were massive and they were outward. People spend a lot more time praying for others than they did themselves. Um, and, 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 and that needs to be a disposition of us as the people of God, where there are people in your life you know need prayer. You See, we like to say, oh, you need prayer, but you don't pray for them. You ever see somebody do that? Oh, you need Jesus, but never talk to them about Jesus or, or pray for them. But, but there's a disposition, oh, I, you know, you, you're going through, any way I can be praying for you. You know, and then you never pray for them. You know, and so what we want to do is we want to have a, a community and a lifestyle as believers where we understand the, the, the power of prayer and the commitment of praying for other people and joyously looking at God's massive responses in their lives. One of the things that, 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 that changed and shifted, and it's not, you know, but, 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 but what shifted my prayer life even more was having children. Because the older a child gets, you can't control them no more. You know, when they look, get over here, come here, I'm going to tear you up, come over here. When they get older, you know, it's not about control, it's about influence. And, and, and then when it gets beyond that, then it's time, you don't know where they at. You know, they grown in the mug, you got to pray now and, and ask God to touch on them. Because you, you, some of us have said a hundred thousand things to our children over and over and over and over and over again, and that has made no ways with them, and that doesn't mean plant seeds, but prayer has shifted some of their lives in ways that you'd never be able to see. That's the same way prayer is for all believers. It's, it, it, it's, it's prayer is God's mechanism to bring his sovereignty into action in our lives and in the lives of others. When we look at the idea of intercessory prayer, we're going to do a base definition of this, right? In Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It said, Epaphras, listen to this, y'all. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling for in his prayers, for you in his prayers, so that you can stand mature. And fully assured in everything. Somebody say everything. Everything God wills. That word uh, 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 actually wrestled is the word for intercessory prayer. Um, it, it's, the, it, it, it's, it's an interesting word in the Greek. It, it, it's it's agnazomai, which where we get our word agony from. In other words, it, it, it means stretching out and 
agonizing and, 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 and fighting and struggling for someone, something, and someplace. Let me say that again. It means to struggle. It means to fight. It means to put a, a considerable amount of effort, of intensity on someone, something, or someplace. So in intercessory prayer, Paul pictures it as agonizing. Have you ever got tired from praying? Not tired of praying. There's a difference. You know, I ain't talking about you sleeping, you knocked out. I'm talking about, you know, you just like, Lord, thank you for this. You know, and then you out. I'm talking about you've been praying so intensely, you can sense the spiritual energy and effort that you put in so expended because of the depths of commitment that you put in praying for someone or something or someplace. And so, and so, and so here we come to the book of Daniel. Which interesting is 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 it's, a, it's multi-genre, uh, if you will. I, I love the Bible because it's built out of different genres to communicate to us. That's what makes the Bible such a beautiful book. I mean, there, there's aspects of it that has bits and pieces of poetry. There's there's a lot of there's a ton of history in it that spans over a thousand years, if you will. A lot, lot, lot of history, if you will. Uh, um, uh, um, the, the, about five hundred years it spans. Interestingly enough, but not only that, it's prophetic and it's apocalyptic. It talks about end times. It talks about their times. But one of the things that it also has a lot of in it is prayer. The book of Daniel has a lot of prayer or references to prayer in it, which makes sense when we are in a spiritual warfare series to begin to talk about the role of prayer in spiritual warfare, particularly intercessory prayer. Because most of the time in prayer and in interceding for somebody, you're not fighting them. You're fighting what's dealing with them and what's behind them. You cannot forget that whoever you're mad at, there's something behind them that you're mad at. And if you don't deal with the thing that's dealing with the thing that's making the person, me, you be mad at the person, then what you're going to realize is you're not really dealing with the issue. You're just giving people a piece of your mind. So intercessory prayer shifts the disposition of who you're dealing with. Also, what's interesting is Daniel is a heftily supernatural and spiritual warfare-filled book. I mean, some of the things that we learn about uh, 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 angels and, and, and demons, it, it just drips off of this, which lets you know that, that, that one of the ways in which you see powerful victory and things happening in Daniel's life in the midst of insurmountable spiritual warfare is a book that's filled with a lot of prayer. So my first point, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, be an intercessor, Number one, you got to agonize in the word. You have to agonize in God's word. Look at what the text says. <clears throat> Look at what the text says. It says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, a Mede by birth, who was made king over the Chaldean kingdom. In the first year of his reign, <clears throat> Daniel understood from the books According to the word of the Lord to the prophet Jeremiah, that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. Listen to this. I love this part of the passage. It's so much impact in here. So what we see here in the passage is, of course, the children of Israel have been in captivity. Uh, God already prophesied Babylon was going to take over. He prophesied that through Isaiah. Beautiful stuff if you get a chance to look at it, how massive and accurate his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, deal was. But it went from 
uh, a Babylon, which Isaiah prophesied, Jeremiah prophesied, and others prophesied, even Joel prophesied it, several prophets prophesied it. Uh, uh, they prophesied that not only would there be Babylonian captivity because of God's people not functioning under God's commands properly and living for him, that they would be taken into captivity. In other words, he would give them a 70-year spanking. And they would go from Babylon to Persia. Now, what's happening in this text is interesting because Daniel's keeping a record of things for us of what time it was. What's interesting is, 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 is they dealt with, prayed for, and dealt with the political leaders that were over them. Uh-oh. Ain't nobody feeling what right now. Everybody said, don't you even try to ask me none of them questions, Pastor, about what's happening right now. But let me explain something to you. <clears throat> In America, we've had it bad, but it ain't like Christians in history who have absolute monarchs. And what they always knew that what they can't put in a ballot, they could put in prayer. Now, we should vote and we should do all of that, but we also should understand that kingdoms were transitioned because the people of God opened their mouths. Many of us tweet in Facebook more than we pray. If we would just take, I, 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 I wish we would do this. It, it would be interesting if they created a technological mechanism to take all of our words that we've ever typed online about anything or something, put it all together, and then God was able to technologically take how much we prayed since we've been a Christian and compared what we placed out online compared to what we put up in heaven. But Daniel, what's interestingly enough here, is Daniel is reading the scriptures. Now, he don't have like a concordance. He don't have like, you understand what I'm saying? He don't have like Google, you know, Google, show me prophecies on Jeremiah. Like he don't have that. You understand what I'm saying? So he's smelling what's culturally going on, but, but, but then he has to take out the scroll. Like you can go on your phone right now. Siri, tell me, um, and you go, doo -doo, hold on. And then she tells you, this is where you can find it. You click it, boom. He has to open a scroll and find the place. Like that jump probably, now you know Isaiah is the, one of the second longest book to, Jer, uh, to Ezekiel. So he's just in the word of God. And what happens is, is it says Daniel understood from the books, according to the word of the Lord, to the prophet Jeremiah, that uh, the number of the years of the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70 years. So he, he, he's no, this, this 70 years hasn't come to completion yet. Yet what you're about to see is he's praying for something that God is already going to do. Let me, let me, let me explain that. So, so why in the world would a believer, if God, see, some of us say, well, God's going to do what he wants to do. He's sovereign, so let me just let him do what he's going to do. No, 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 no. God's, God, the bringing forth of God's will is in concert with your prayer life. So, so that means that there, but, 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 but that's on the decree level. On the non-decree will of God level, there's some things in your life that won't happen until you pray. And so Daniel here is, interestingly enough, is, is being motivated by the word of God to pray. That means you have to know the Bible to pray. 
That means, you know, we can't just have just these general observational prayers that throw stuff out there. If you want, it's one thing if you're communing with God, hey, I'm just with you, God, I just love being with you. But we're talking about those agonizing prayers where you need God to do something in somebody's life. And when you need God to do something in somebody's life, there's a different disposition that you have when you get in the Word. You need, when you want God to do anything in your life, you need to search the Word whether or not that's something he'd do. And if it's something he'd do, add it under your belt based on something that needs to be done. That means when you're complaining about somebody, if you're complaining about work, if you're complaining about somebody's relationship, if you're complaining about, if you're complaining about a family member, uh, the question is, do you have a verse that gives you instruction of what God would do in that particular situation? And the question on the floor is whether or not you take that before God or, or do you just talk to people about, you know, we go on Facebook, you know, it's interesting how people in, the, in families can be. I, I think, I, I, I'm going to just tell y'all this. I think that's tacky to talk about your family inferentially on Facebook. The worst one is, you know, it's funny when you marry somebody, I'll be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like God lasso them back in, in Jesus' mighty name. It's funny when you, you find out who your friends really, like all of that's some soft stuff. That's not kingdom thinking because Facebook doesn't answer prayers. Actually, all it does is cause you a feed so you can be arguing. And at the end of that, you vex, they vex, and then you're further away from reconciliation than you would have been if you'd have just shut your mouth and opened it up and interceded for the person you're frustrated with. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, and so, so Daniel, listen, da Daniel is driven, it's, but it's interesting though. Daniel didn't go to the Bible looking for something to pray about. He was in the Bible, and the Bible motivated him on what he should be praying about. In other words, in other words, I'm reading, I'm like, dang, this comes up and this lines up with this. Man, this, and the Holy Spirit is like that. You ever had the Holy Spirit just align something with you as you're reading the word? And you're like, dang, I'm dealing with this. Know what you need to do? Your, your, your Bible sometimes needs to not just be soaked with coffee and tea. It needs to be soaked with your tears about somebody else. So he's, he's agonizing. He's agonizing in the word. He's, he's in the word of God and he's saying, listen, I, 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 I want to get this, this right in relation to this. But it's interesting what he does next. Now, look what he does next, family. It says, so I turned my attention to the Lord. I love that. After he got in the word, he turned his attention to the Lord. And, 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 but look what he does, though. He said, I, I turn my attention to the Lord, to the Lord God, to seek him in prayer and petitions with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. That brings me to my next little point. You got to agonize over people's issues. Mm, 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 mm. Um, what's interesting here is as Daniel prays, he doesn't pray self-righteously. He doesn't pray, oh, God, help them. He starts his prayer off knowing that he needs God just as much or maybe even more than they do. 
Look what he says. He gets in sacrifice. This, this is a disposition of humility. But look at verse 3. He said, I pray to the Lord my God and confess. And then he starts going. Now look at the, don't even, don't even read it. Just look from how long it is from verse 4 to verse 19. Now, all of that is filled with confessions. Now, what I like about his confessions, now, I'm going to just overview this. Look at verse 5. It says, we have mm, sinned, wrong, done wrong, acted wickedly, rebelled, turned away. Verse 6, we have not listened. Look at verse 7, to us. Look at, look at, the, at the end of verse 7, all Israel. Look, 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 at, look at verse 8. It says, our, 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 we have. <laughs> look at verse 11, all Israel. Look at the end of verse 7, our rulers. I mean, not verse 7, verse uh, 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 12, our rulers. It, it, it says down in verse 13, our. It says down in verse 15, we. What, what, what's happening here it is, is uh, Israel has been humbled because of its sin. But he didn't let the way the culture viewed Israel to stop him from identifying with Israel and praying for it. Let me see if I can make it plain. See, it's funny, you know. There's, there's a, and I understand there's a lot of church haterade culturally. But many of us act like we ain't Christians, not, not necessarily merely in our lack of holiness, but in the way we talk about the church. You know, if you, you know, if you, if you know a way you can just get on people the world side, man, ain't the church a mess? Oh, you, we get everybody on the side. Right. Because why? Because there's an insatiable lust, I believe, by believers sometimes to not identify with the church in its bad times. So, but what happens is, is that we want the blessings, but we don't want the shame. But what Daniel does is interesting. <clears throat> Daniel does something dope. Daniel says, I'm going to include this in my intercession. And he spends this intense amount of time interceding on behalf of the entire church. Listen, I know the church got issues, but we also got a lot of good stuff. Some of the best people I've met are Christian. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't identify with all of that, the best people I met out in the world. I don't identify with that. When, when, my, when my family's been sick, it was Christians that reached out to me. When, 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 it was some, when we needed stuff, it was the Christians that helped us. When our insurance ran out, it was the church back in the day that blessed us way back in the day when I was just a member of a church. So, so I, I really don't identify with the comprehensive church haterade, haterization that I hear. I understand the pain of it, but I also identify with Christ's bride because that's my bride. So I wish you'd talk crazy about her. Now, what you think Jesus feel like about the church if all you do is talk crazy about his bride versus interceding on behalf of the one who's supposed to be the hope for the world. <sighs> so Daniel spends all of this time agonizing. If you've seen somebody go through something, a drug addiction, have you ever agonized for them? For your children, have you just fussed at them or have you agonized with God over them? Over your boss that you hate? <laughs> oh Lord. Or your employees, because some of y'all in here are bosses. Because somebody, always, they always beat up the boss, but bosses, we got some employees too. <laughs> but, 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 but have you agonized over a human being that's not in your family before? That you said, today God is dedicated to them. Have you taken your person problem before the Lord ever? And just says, one day a week, I'm going to agonize for this one person. 
Every time during lunchtime, I'm agonizing on them. When I get up, I'm agonizing on them. Before I go to bed, I'm gonna do my work. I'm gonna do all this other stuff. I got other activities, but I'm gonna agonize over this. That's what that's what Daniel does in this passage, which is so beautiful in his commitment to the Lord. And he says, in verse 20, he says, "While he says while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin. I like that, confessing my sin and the sin of my people and presenting my position." To the Lord, he even goes down and he's going to talk in a second about the nature of God's holy mountain. But what's beautiful about this in this section is you see him having a strict and powerful commitment to being in prayer. God brought somebody to my mind that I don't like a a month ago. I don't like them. Can I be honest? I, I don't like them. But the Holy Ghost... You know, sometimes, the, I don't know if you got a Holy Ghost meal kick before. You ever got one of them, one of them, one of them Holy Ghost, where you know you wrong, but you're like, God, I know I'm wrong, but I'm a pretty much go, go ignorant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not going to do what you say. And so, you know, and so, but the Holy Ghost was like, all right, he put my heart in a headlock. Now, his headlock is different than the WWE. His is a little steroidified because it deals with your mind, your soul, and your enjoyment. So you can get your arm broken, but you can still enjoy yourself. But he's the source of your joy. So he will nullify the enjoyment of your joy till you do what he tell you to do. (laughs) And, 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 And I begin to pray for that person. And, and, and after I finished, you know, I ain't mean to, I, I, it may have been a pat on my back. I said, I'm a real Christian. Like, I'm a Christian. I know, I know the Lord today. I know, I know God. I prayed for that person. See, that's when you know you agonizing in prayer, when it's painful to pray for somebody you ain't want to pray for. That's why Jesus, when he says love your enemies, that's what he means. The world calls that foolishness, but the Bible calls that Christianity. So here, Daniel prays for the whole nation. One of the things that I pray that we pray for is the bigness, like the unity of the church. You know what I'm saying? That the church would be a unified, committed community to the Lord Jesus Christ, cross-ethnically, cross-genderly, cross-doctrinally. So so that we can be the community God wants us to be. Last point, I'm out your way. Last point, I'm out your way. You know, we we, we agonize in the Bible. We agonize in, 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 in prayer. But we also agonize till we get an answer. We agonize until we get an answer. Look what Daniel says. He says, while I was praying, Gabriel, and I don't know how you would if an angel just showed up at the end of your prayer. Um, that, w- that would be interesting. He said, while I was praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the vision, in the first vision, reached to me. In my extreme weariness. So guess what he was doing? Praying and agonizing over the state of God's people. That's what intercessory prayer is. So he said, I'm, he said he's literally agonizing. He's weary from it. But check it out. Now, what's interesting, this is, this, this is a footnote. Daniel was such a prayer dude that his enemies couldn't get him any other way but through prayer. Like, oh, he prays three times a day. Let's get him through that. Like. It's funny, you're holding this so stacked that, you understand what I'm saying? They got to get you through the way you relate to God, not just some mess that they videoed on their iPhone, right? But look what it says. 
It says, he reached me in, in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. <clears throat> What's interesting is this, is look what he says. He says, he gave me his ex this explanation. He says, Daniel, now I've come now to give you understanding. <clears throat> At the beginning of your petitions, an answer went out. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? That in the beginning of his petitions, the answer went out. But over in the next chapter, over a few chapters over, it's going to let us know that his prayers was hindered, not because God didn't answer, but because a demon was trying to stop the angel from bringing the answer. But it was in the midst of Daniel's prayer and fasting that God graced there to be help sent for that angel to fight off the prince of Persia, which is the nation that he's in. That means that there can be answers on the way, but there can be blockage that happen, but you can't view what's happening in the natural. You have to view it in the spiritual, and there's some things that may be happening in your life that you're wondering why. Why hasn't God shown up? Now, God could just bypass it if he wanted to, but God utilizes your prayer as a mechanism to bring to pass what he already wants to do in the midst of nullifying the enemy's attacks on our life. It's powerful. It's powerful to me. That's in chapter 10 in an angelic conflict. I'll just read it real quick. He says, don't be afraid, Daniel. He said to me, from the first day that you purpose to understand and humble yourself, this is back to here in chapter 9. He said, and humble yourself before your God. Your prayers were heard. He said, I've come because of your prayers. Hold on. God just sent them. Because of your prayers. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. <laughs> and so by God's grace, you guys, prayer, I'm done. Prayer isn't the dictation of our will to God. It's our alignment with it. See, and what Christ Jesus has done on the cross is he's given us victorious access to him. That's why he says, come before the throne of grace in the time of need. Why? Because God made, he has an open door policy. You don't have to call heaven and say, excuse me, hello, can I speak to Jesus? Hold on. And then the music start playing. Then they say, if you would like a new car, Willie's, and all this stuff come on. No, no, no. As soon as you open your mouth, God is already, he said, I'm already on the line. I was waiting for you to talk to me. <laughs> we got free access because of Christ's death. So now, don't just use your access for you. Use your access for somebody else. I'm done. Um, I was looking at, you know, how the body responds to a cut. Now, I'm always fascinated by that. But what's interesting is the way the body works is the brain works with it and the brain center T uh, talks with the, the cells and the cells run to the place where there's been a cut and brokenness at and they begin to work and work and work for healing to take place. Intercessory prayer is just like the body's response to a cut. Intercessory prayer works, the cut, the cut is alone and didn't ask for any help, but something signaled for help to be sent in order for that healing to take place in that particular place in the body. I pray that we learn how to be the white blood cells in the church that we would be the white blood cells. That when something happens in the body and in the world, we're the ones running towards the danger. 
We're the ones running towards where the healing needs to take place instead of people suffering alone and we're hating each other and not loving each other. Let's be committed in the way of fulfilling the law and commandments. How, did, how does it get fulfilled? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we honor you for your word. We thank you that you are a wonderful king that makes all things clear. And God, I pray that you would upstage our selfishness with Christ and help us in Jesus' mighty name to pursue the beauty of opening up our Bible, not just to get with you, but maybe to get somebody else with you. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ the Savior. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. If you're here today and you've never put your confidence in the death and resurrection of Christ. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Passive Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.